Today we are in part three of character. Part, part three, we, we did say that character is the world's most pressing need. Character is the world's most pressing need. And um, if you're joining us for the first time, I want to encourage you to get the um, previous teaching because um, we are on a journey with this one as, as usual. And um, today, part three, we are looking at vision. Vision being the third bedrock of character. We explained that there's a difference between your character and your achievement. Your achievement is what you have done. Character is not what you have done. Character is who you are. Character is who you are. Achievement is what you have done. And we also explained that there's a difference between character and reputation. There's a difference between character and reputation. And that's where we're going to kick off from um, today. Even though we've we've said the same things from part one of the series, but it's worth repeating. Reputation is what other people think about us. So you're supposed to fill in the blanks in your notes and and write think about us. Um, In today's world, or in, in our culture, we, we call it packaging. That's your packaging. What people think about you, how you set your air, um, how you speak. You go to the UK for one week and you come back with a British accent. How you, um, <laughs> you know, those kind of, <laughs> what people think about you. Um, the outward thing that people see, that is your reputation. And many times we try to manage our PR, our reputation. We are so concerned about what people think about us. While that is, um, um, your reputation is okay because your reputation will give you, we open the door, but it's your, it's your character that will ensure that the door remains hope, open to you. So we, we say your character will eventually become your reputation. Your, your character will eventually become what you are known for. Instead of worrying so much about what, you are, what people think about you, if you pay attention to your character, who you are becoming, who you are becoming eventually becomes what you are known for. And that is the most um, reputable reputation. I hope that is not tautology. Because that's what the world misses. The world misses the fact that your character eventually becomes your your reputation. And we explained how um, if you see um, a box of perfume that goes for maybe 50,000 naira because it's 
Um, is that a lot for perfume? Okay. For a designer perfume, that's, that's not too much, right? So you, so you, you pay 50,000 naira for a designer perfume, and you get home, you spray it on, and it's smelling like a bookie perfume. You know that that is bad business. You will go back and demand for an exchange. Am I correct? So the, the reputation drops, even though the packaging is fine, the image that the, the designer has built is fine, but the content is more important on the long run. So you and I must pay attention to who we are becoming. Because who we are becoming is the most important part of our development. Who we are becoming. Luke 12, 2, we explained last week. Luke 12, 2, this, this Lord Jesus saying, speaking himself, he's saying, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed. And all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be what? Heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to, to hear. So Jesus is assuring us that nothing will be a secret forever. Nothing will be a secret forever. So if there's something you are doing that if it comes out, it will be an embarrassment to you or to your family, stop doing it when? Now. Because if you don't, Jesus says, I should tell you, it will become public very soon. That's why you say amen. <laughs> okay. And we explained that while there are examples of lapses in character, there are also loads of evidence of strong character. And we see that every day. And we, we give the example of, if it, of, of the woman that against all our fears of public speaking, she can come out before the congregation of God's people and testify. And we say that is courage. And that is character. And that's the first bedrock of character. We looked at in part one. We, we said that if, if a man says, oh, I'm going to lose this belly fat, people think I'm pregnant. Meanwhile, I'm not, I'm a guy. I'm going to burn this fat. I'm going to hit the street. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to cut my late night eating. And he achieves that. We did say that that is discipline and that is character. That's the second bedrock of, of character. We said if a teacher sees a, a, a very maybe stubborn boy that is always making trouble in class and the teacher can see that that boy is actually a genius, he's just restless. We said that is vision and that is character. That is the third bedrock which we are going to look at today, vision. We, we explain that if a student does jam, the first time he fails, the second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, and eventually he endures and passes jam. That is endurance. That is character. It's, it's the fourth bedrock of character. 
And we explain that if, if someone notices the, the neighbor in church that is downcast and the person had compassion on the neighbor and, you know, sees that, even though the person says, fine, when you say, how are you, which is the standard reply, fine, and you can see that the person is really not fine, and you reach out and you show compassion, we say that that is character. Compassion is the fifth bedrock of character. And a parent that could have taken a job that would have doubled his or her salary but doesn't take the job because of family, takes a job pay, cut in pay so that to be there for the family, we say that is self-sacrifice and that is character and that's the sixth bedrock of character. So today we are going to dive immediately into um, vision into vision, the third bedrock of character. We're going to see how vision is a major component of character. So we'll, we'll define vision in three different ways. There are several definitions of vision, but we're going to define vision in three different ways, you know, for the purposes of our teaching today. The first is that vision is the God-given ability to see Possible solutions. So you write possible. Okay, you need to write everything. Actually, um, I changed my mind. I was going to put in fill in the blanks there, but I want to write it out. Vision is the God-given ability to see possible solutions to everyday problems of life. It's as simple as that. Everyday problems of life, you can see possible solutions. That is vision. That's the first definition of vision. The, the second definition of vision, are you done with that? Okay, great. The second definition of vision we're going to look at is that vision is the ability to see beneath the surface of people's lives. Vision is the ability to see Beneath the surface of people's lives, we all need to do, have that ability. We all are like a business person, you're a professional, you're a housewife, you're, you're a career woman, you're a homemaker, you're whatever. You need that ability. And that is vision. That is vision. Are you done with that? Great. The third definition we are looking at is that vision is the ability to catch a glimpse of what God wants to do through your life if you dedicate yourself to him. Like we learned on Sunday, Jacob he had a glimpse of what God wanted to do with his life. So the ability to catch that glimpse, to have that mental picture of what God wants to do with your life is what? Vision. It's vision. And God will give you vision today in Jesus' name. For those of us that have vision already, God will expand your vision in the mighty name of Jesus. So vision is crucial it's crucial 
Mainly because life is a series of problems, challenges, trials, and opportunities. Life is a series of problems, challenges, trials, and opportunities. Life is one from one problem to another. Someone said to me that, oh, pastor, I, I, I think the village demons are witches. They are on my case. I said, I said, why? Ah, she says, oh, pastor, my life has been from one problem to another problem. Once I solve one problem, another problem, I said, that's life. <laughs> that is what? That is life. You, it's, not, it's not special to you. It's just life. Life is a series of problems. When you solve the problem, you get promoted. You get promoted for the problems you solve. But you see, if you don't have vision, you, you go round and round in circles. Vision is what enables you to see the solution in the problem. Not to run from the problem. Not to pray problems away. Life is a sequence of problems, challenges, trials, and opportunities. So, if you don't have vision, you will not see the opportunities. You will be consumed with your problems. You'll be, all you can see is, oh, nobody likes me. Oh, the world is against me. Oh, how come everything I need, I touch, there's trouble. You won't see the opportunity hidden, even in that problem. God will give us vision today in Jesus' name. So no matter the kind of problem you have, it could be relational, it could be mar marital, it could be material or financial, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional, it could be vocational, you can find a solution on one condition. If you are willing to capture a God-given vision. Regardless of the problem that is before you today, regardless the weight and the challenge, regardless of the dimension and the area, it could be your relationships, it could be relational, it could be marital, it could be material, it could be your finances, it could be spiritual. It could be demonic issues. It could be emotional. It could be vocational. You can find a solution if you are willing to capture a God-given vision. Praise the name of the Lord. And so we would open up before we get to the study, we just have some opening questions. I'm sure we have the mics already, the ushers, right? Okay. We have some opening questions. So the first question here would be, is this. Would you say you are usually focused on problems or solutions? Now, don't try and impress everybody, anybody here. Just truthfully to yourself, answer it. You don't, you don't have to tell me. Just answer it for yourself. 
when I meet a, a, a situation, a roadblock, a challenge, am I more focused on the problem or the solution? What is it? Write it down. Just for yourself, for yourself. Underline which one. If it's easier. You can cover your notes so that your neighbor doesn't see it. Okay, fine. You've, you've answered the question. So, who wants to share their answer with us? Anybody wants to share their answer with us? Um, who wants to be vulnerable? And, uh, okay, I can't see the hand. Can you wave it? Okay, yes, sir. Please take the mic. Thank you. Problem. You, you tend to focus on problems now. Thank you. Okay. By the time we are done today, the shift will happen. In Jesus' name. Who else wants to share their problem? Eh, sorry. <laughs> share their response. I can't see any and Oh, choir. Okay, right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't um, pretend that there's no problem. I recognize the problem, but I look for ways to solve it and begin to focus on the solution. Amen. Okay, so you, are, um, you, are, you, you tend, you tilt towards fo- focusing on the solution. Okay, so we'll take one more before we, we'll be on our way. We have a lot of questions to ask. Yes, sir. Um, problem discovered, problem solved. So um, I think you're supposed to know the root of the problem before you can... Um, problem focus. discovered is problem solved. I get what problem, you mean, but... You need to focus on that problem. You are one step towards solving it. Before you can solve okay. It. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. So now the next question is, when you think of being... A visionary. When you come for teachings like this and, and they are saying you, you should catch a vision, be a visionary, how do you react normally? Tick one of these five um, responses that is closest to your response. When you think of being a visionary, how do you react? Do you say it's too demanding? Ah! Or do you say that's not my kind of person? I'm not an idea person. It's, it's, it's people like Pastor Nina. You know, some of us are not like that. Or do you say, I am too busy right now. Look at all the problems I'm dealing with. You are telling me to be visual now what? Please, I beg, I beg, I beg. Or would you say, I have a lot of vision, but the people around me, they just don't get it. Or would you say, in me, because... I get really fired up to face the future when I think about vision. Tick one, two, okay. Tick at most two. Please don't tick the five. <laughs> I don't see how you can tick two though, but because I kind of made sure that they are um, in different planes. Okay, so how many people will say it's too demanding? Wave to me. It's too demanding. Okay. Okay. How many people would say, I'm not an idea person? Sincerely, sincerely. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. How many people would say, I'm too busy right now to 
be worried about. I have too many problems. I talk about visions. Okay, okay. How many people say, I have a lot of vision, but the people around me, they just don't get it. Okay, okay. Ah, a lot of people think that way. <laughs> so how many people say, it's exciting to me because I get really fired up to face the future. Okay, most of us. Okay, fine. That's where I am too. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so the next question is, when has someone benefited from your vision? When has someone, think of a time when someone has benefited from your vision. Anybody wants to share? This is not, you are not being proud or arrogant. You know, you are just giving glory to God and sharing so that people, we can all learn together. So, when has somebody benefited from your vision? Who wants to share that with us? Okay, there's a hand there. Keep the hand up so that they can locate you. Yeah, two. And a lot of hands in the choir. Okay, so we take one from the choir and one. So we take a man this time. Don't worry, we'll get, we'll get to you later on then. Let's have that. Good evening. Good evening. Um, there was the time... That's the definition of vision, but I think it is... I really see to see beneath the surface of people's lives. We can't okay. hear you. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a time um, God gave me, like, gave me a deep understanding of what someone in my team was going through. Okay. And I was reluctant because I wasn't, I was trying to figure it out in my head. So I, out of curiosity, I called her because I was led to call her and ask her if, if, the, if it had to do with her job, where she was working at the time, and how she was, um, she was murmuring and okay. complaining and uh, complaining. And I, I kind of like saw her talking to different people, you know, murmuring about a situation like she had been treated unfairly, but God was upset with her at her murmuring and... God needed me to call her attention, to tell her, you know what, there's something big coming, you know, ahead of you, and you need to just stop. So I, told, I asked her, and she asked me if I worked in her office, that how did I know? <laughs> or I knew anybody in her office. And I told her, well, this is how I knew, and I explained to her, and then she took it, and somebody else confirmed it. And in a month's time, something big came for her. She changed jobs and got Amen. to a better place. Awesome, awesome. Prophetess Sumo. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First, I when I was in school, we used to have issues with um, some of the lecturers having problems with the students in terms of um, results and all of that. So, okay. Uh, as at that time, I was a member of Parliament University in the university. You were a member of the student Parliament. Student Parliament. Okay. Yeah, so I came up with a bill that. There should be a creation of the office of a director of um, academic affairs to actually cushion the effect that the, the students are facing with the lecturers. Okay. And the bill was passed, and that office was created, which actually curtailed the effect of those academic issues from okay. the students. Awesome. And many people have benefited from that vision. Okay. Fantastic. So, you see, it's not really rocket science to have vision, you know, and, and impact people's lives. So the second question, the next question rather is, when have you benefited from somebody else's vision? 
When have you benefited from somebody's vision? Okay, there's a hand right at the back. There's no hand from the choir. Choir, they don't benefit from it. They just, they just give vision. They dish it out. So we take two. Okay, so the hand here and the hand at the back. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, personally, that's a no-brainer. I've benefited from your vision for yeah. church. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I would share the, the very first um, benefit that um, I, I will appreciate for a very long time. It was a friend of mine. Then we were both um, sit-at-home moms and we were sort of jobless. So that day she came to the house and she was like, Lamide, why don't you try um, jewelry making? You know, you may be good in it. And I'm like, me? Jewelry making? No, nothing like that. But then I just decided to give it a try. And I went to the classes, went for the training. And my trainer was like, oh, wow, I think you're just made for this. And I could never have imagined that I would be good in jewelry making. And I went ahead to train quite a number of people. So I really benefited because she sensed that I could be good in um, jewelry making. making. Okay. You still make jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> First time. Okay. Fantastic. Now, um, the first scripture here, page two, if you flip to the back of the um, outline, is Proverbs 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. When people do not accept divine guidance, they do what? They run wild. The, the NIV says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraints. Of course, you know the KJV, when there's the, without a vision, the people perish. But I, but I like the NLT. It says, when, they, when people don't accept divine guidance, they run wild. So, from this passage of scripture, how is vision a bedrock of character? Just one person wants to help us. Yes, sir. How is vision a bedrock of character? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Vision is a bedrock of character because it guides your life. It gives your life direction and your focus. Okay, so how does that have what has that got to do with character? It helps you to make wise choices. Absolutely. You, you, we, because from this passage of scripture, when people don't accept divine guidance, they run wild. They are out of character. If it feels good, do it. It just are like a rudderless ship. But when People have a vision for their lives, a God-given, it constrains you and you have character. And there's a story in Matthew 19, 16 to 30 that we are going to read together. It's going to come up on the screen, hopefully. Is it? Do you have it blown out? Is it blown out? Is it yes or no? It's not blown out. Okay, so let someone please read for us Matthew chapter 19, 16 to 30. Matthew 19, 16 
to 30. From the New, Li- New Living Translation, someone that can read fast and fluently. Um, who wants to go? I know it's on the screen. It's not good. This thing is not going to work very well. Trust me. Um, yes. Into 30. Just yeah. then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All this I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for, than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewer of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit the eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Amen. Thank you. Even though that's not NLT. Okay. It's fine. <clears throat> so, discussion and questions. Study and discussion questions. Number one, what vision did Jesus put before the rich young man? Okay, the end there. Vision of perfection and eternal life. The vision of perfection, perfection and, and eternal, eternal life. life. Okay, that's correct. Any other, any other person? So, Jesus puts the vision of perfection and spiritual maturity and eternity in front of the young ruler. Now, what possibilities did Jesus see beneath the young man's superficial qualities? You know, because we said vision is the ability to see beneath people's lives. So, what possibilities did Jesus see beneath the young man's superficial Qualities. Who wants to help us? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus saw that um, only man cannot do it. You have to 
live with the grace of the Lord. By the grace of the Lord, you can do it, but okay, as an animal. While that is true, well, that's, that's not the question. Um, what, but thank you for answering, for trying. What possibilities did Jesus see beneath the young man's superficial qualities? Yes, there's a hand right there at the corner. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus saw benevolence and generosity. Jesus saw benevolence, benevolence and, generosity. and generosity. Okay, he did. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else? What possibilities did Jesus see in this young man? Beneath, underneath all of, I've kept this, I've kept that. What, that, he saw that. What else? Yes. I have seen commitment because he said all these other things that you have mentioned, I have been doing them. Absolutely. And Jesus said, maybe it's time to step up to maturity. Absolutely. So, so, so Jesus saw commitment. Jesus saw the possibility of this young man, what it can be in the kingdom. You know, sometimes, it's just like when you see someone like Fela, you know Fela? And you look at the possibility if Fela was a pastor. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be huge, you know? So Jesus saw this young man from his childhood. He has been keeping the command. And Jesus was like, and he wasn't lying. If he was lying, Jesus would have told him, you're a liar. And told him the one he, he didn't keep. So the boy was from his childhood. But Jesus, like you said, saw the possibility of a great general. Just said, like, look, it's time to let go of all these things and come and follow me. And the guy was like, sad. Wow. Now, question. <laughs> Why would Jesus say that? Is that even fair? I know that's not in, in well, not directly. Why, why would Jesus say to the young man to go and sell everything he has, give it out to the poor? And if that were all, that would have been hard enough. Then come and follow me. Why, why would he do such an unfair thing or make such an unfair demand? Or is it really unfair? Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Jesus knew that the only way the guy could demonstrate his commitment to spiritual maturity was to follow him. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. Amen. So he understood that. But the man couldn't see that picture of having possessions and letting go of possessions to follow Jesus into spiritual maturity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it's, it's, that just opens up another chapter. I'm looking at the time. I don't know if I should delve into this. The spiritual things are... Anything you hold on to is capable of hindering you from entering heaven. It's not that those things are bad, but if you hold on to anything, 
if you possess things to the extent at which they now possess you, then that thing will be a challenge, whatever it is. This man just happened to have a lot of money. There are some people, they don't have, all they have in their bank account is 50,000 naira. But you can never separate them from nothing. <laughs> Even if thunder strikes from heaven, <laughs> nothing can separate them from that 50,000 naira. That now becomes a problem to spiritual advancement. And, you know, I've shared before, with you guys before, it's one of the decisions I made very early in my work with God is that not to have anything I cannot give to God. Right now in my life, by the grace of God, there's nothing I have that I cannot give to God. I want to, to just pause and think about your life. Is there anything in your life that you really cannot give to God? Someone did like this. Ah. If there is, that's your point of wrestling. You need to wrestle it out with God. Even today, I recommend you sort it out today. And make sure that you have, you have nothing possesses your soul. The only thing that possesses your, that, that, that possesses your soul is the love of God. And your affection for Jesus. So there should be, and once you walk that path, you find out that you can't sleep easily. You find out that there is, um, you don't have stress. You know, you, your life will just be easy because <laughs> because God just owns everything. President of the Lord. You know, I, I remember um, years ago, Pastor Scott was sharing a story with us on how when he first gave his life to Jesus and he was learning to obey God, that he had um, like $10,000 on him and he felt the Holy Spirit telling him that that $10,000 cash, he should, give, he should give to the church when he gets to the church. And he was like, all this, what if I just do, he tried to negotiate, the Holy Spirit did not allow him. So, it wasn't so Larry, he said it wasn't so Larry, he mentioned the name of the place, that he packed the car, the $10,000 was in the bag at the back of the car, on the chair, and he went to the place, wherever he went to, I can't remember where, but the key thing is that when he got to where he was going. Remember, he didn't lock his car. So, of course, money in the car, $10,000 in the car. He wanted to run back. I said, wait a minute. After all, it's God's money. Let him keep it. <laughs> Let him keep it from the thieves. <laughs> and he said he just took his time. And he went back and the money was there intact. It says so Larry that even though you lock your car in that place and you leave expensive on the chair, they will break it. So for him, it was like, okay, 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 you have the money. Bottom line, his, his heart was free because the money was not his own. I'm not saying you should be leaving your car unlocked. 
No, that's not what I'm saying. I just use it as an example that his heart was free because it's God's money. It will sort it out. Praise the name of the Lord. Question number three. In verse 22, the man walked away from Jesus in sadness. How was his sadness a result of his lack of vision? Verse 22 says, But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So the question is, how was the sadness a result of his lack of vision? Who wants to help us? Uh, Can we have somebody else that has not spoken? Just to, you know, get a feel. Bumi, this is your chance. You wanted to talk since. Who else? Okay, then. Yes, let's start from him. Then we have our. So he couldn't catch a vision. He, he couldn't see the glimpse of what God planned, you know, for him. He could not see beyond his possessions. Mm. Mm. So his, his, his possession, he could not catch a vision of what God has in plan. He, 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 he could not see eternity. Jesus says that you will have abundance in eternity. He was like, what's that? He couldn't see beyond his nose. Yes. Evening. Um, in his mind, he thought Jesus just wanted his money. Or mm. wanted him to sell it. He didn't realize that there were endless possibilities for him. Absolutely. So he, he, he thought that, oh, this Jesus, he says, uh, I should go on. Maybe. You know, because many times when God demands something from us, we think God wants to take from us. We don't see that God wants actually to get something to us. Every time God tells you to give something, he wants to get something to you. He doesn't want to take something from you. Do you get it? Okay. Okay, I think there's the other hand. So we take him and we take him. Then we move on. I think the man did not want to come out from the comfort zone. Okay. The man didn't want to come out of his comfort zone. Like Jacob on Sunday. Yes. I think um, the, the guy considering the fact that... Um, He's a very wealthy person. Uh, he's young. It tells me that he's obviously a very smart person for him to have accumulated all his wealth. Absolutely. Meaning he also uses his brain. He thinks through possibilities. And he was troubled in his mind because he knew that there was obviously something more than where he was. In quotes, using today's standards, he has arrived. But he still felt inside of him that there was something else. He had risen out probably some options of what those possibilities was. And he expected, maybe when he was asking Jesus, that Jesus would just select one of those options. But Jesus took him out of all of that <laughs> completely. And it was just, uh, it was overwhelmed. He couldn't handle it at that time. Okay, absolutely. <clears throat> so, many times, what God is trying to show us is far beyond what our brains can 
can figure out. And once our brains can't wrap, once we can't wrap our mind around it, we limit our destinies sometimes because we don't step out in faith on the water like Peter. It says, if it, is, if it is you, tell me to walk on water. What kind of request is that? And Jesus says, come on water. So, thank you, everybody that has contributed to that, to the answer, to answering that question. You have an answer? She doesn't. I will have been surprised. <laughs> uh, to what problem in your life does verse 26 speak to right now? 26 says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. To what problem in your life does this speak to right now? Who wants to share? It speaks to, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody here, if you will allow and receive this word, this speaks to something huge in your life. It does in my life. Who wants to share? Um, okay, Bumi. Finally. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I remember um, when I finished school, I had to um, struggle a lot. Now, I'm talking about, um, you know, uh, my SSC. I had to tr um, struggle a lot because I had to take care of my younger ones, you know, and all that. So, um, I found it then very difficult, you know, furthering my education. And I had to, you know, um, meet, uh, you know, to my younger one's need. Um, I, I discussed with someone and he told me, ah, Bumi, you have to, like, move forward. You can't tell me with all this, your, you know, grammar that you speak that you don't go to school. So I said, okay, I'll take the bold step and do that. And I took it, 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 it um, looked very, very difficult then because nothing was coming forth and not having support, you get, from um, my dad then, you know, and... It looks as if everything was not going to come to pass. But I had to strive and struggle with it. And I thank God. It looked impossible then. But right now, I'm actually in my finals and um, writing my final exam in short, in a short, in short months. Amen. Give glory to God for that. Secondly, um, like my dad's very, I just had, looked very, very impossible. You know, very, very impossible. Because um, we had issues to sort out, you know, a whole lot. Even when we got to the village, you know, people, people were like, no, this man cannot be buried now. You have to go back and then sort out things. I remember that I, I called my elder brother and then we went down on our knees. We prayed, you know, and they came to us. They had to call us for several meetings. I can't count, like eight different meetings, you know. You have to meet with the elders. And as small as I was in between them then, I, I took my stand. I told them, the date I took must stand. And they asked me, who are you? To speak when we have to speak. I said, I'm talking through myself. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I should keep quiet and allow them to talk. I said, no, 19 is the date and it must come to pass. Like, okay, fine. Go ahead with what you have to do. I said, they should give us our list and then we'll have everything sorted out. I give God all the glory, you know. It looks so impossible that my elder brother even went down. I was like, let's go back. I said, no, we'll do it. And we did it. And we are oh, back in Lagos. You've done it already? Yes, sir, we have. Okay, so, so now the question. What is it now that the one that you need God, that you need God's power of possibilities to sort out? What does this speak to? Now, um, 
I want to come out in, in good grades. <laughs> <laughs> With good grades. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bumi. Um, so let's clap for her. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've been praying to God and believing God for a promotion in my department, in my organization. And where I am right now, it's possible for me to get, it's impossible for me to get promoted there because I do not have an engineering background. All the account managers, key account managers, all of them, they all have engineering background. And for you to get promoted, for you to get into the system properly, you should have an engineering background with an MBA, and I don't have any of those. And okay. Trusting God. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So that speaks to that in a big way. Okay. So next question. We're trying to get an MBA. Why you're waiting? Um, number five. How would you explain the difference between human scheming and being a visionary for God? Because sometimes, I think Pastor Kuni alluded to the fact that sometimes our brains are very active. We are just scheming, you know. How does this differ from being a visionary from God, God-inspired? Okay. Praise God. Um, I... I understand that human scheming is more of, you know, I can do it. You know, you plan and you do your strategy and you, you just do everything and you're sure you can do it. But a visionary from God, there's no how you can be a visionary without faith. Absolutely. You must, you know. Without faith. So there will be, the vision will be, the vision is a vision because if God doesn't show up, it doesn't, it cannot, it cannot happen. Yeah, yeah. So, so if it's, if you build, like somebody said, if you build a house, a bungalow, and the people in your village comes and they say, okay, yeah, yes, you are able to do it. After all, your father even did bigger. So this small thing you have built is fine. Then that is not vision. But by the time you finish building it, people in your village, when they come and their mouths are wide open because you've built a skyscraper, and they're like, how did you get the block to that 50th story? Then you say it's God. Then they will believe you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, next question says, would you say that Peter's comment in verse 27 is an example of vision or selfishness? It says, then Peter said, we have given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Oh God, tell us now. <laughs> oh, this one, they, 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 they sell things. Uh, they bring money. Oh yeah. This boy cannot make that sacrifice. We have made it. Tell us, what do we get? What do you think? Is it an example of vision or selfishness? Who wants to go? Uh, wait, I think you've spoken. Can we have someone that has not spoken? You may still need to speak, but somebody else has not spoken. Yes. Ah. Okay. 
Can you stand up so we can see you? It's selfishness because he was thinking of what he's going to receive for following Jesus, not for helping other people. Okay. So you think it's selfishness. Thank you for the boldness. And it shows you are following us <coughs> logically. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Okay. The... the young man then the praise lady. the lord hallelujah uh, for me i think it's selfishness because it's like saying um okay you said um, you make me fishers of men and i stopped being a fisherman and next thing i'm not we never chop now men we go shop okay okay <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, yeah. I don't think he was being selfish by asking. Pardon um, me? I do not think he was being selfish. Okay. Yes, because um, I think it's very important that when you are a visionary, yes. you share the vision with the people that this is where we are going. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is what we hope to achieve. So when people are, okay, for instance, when we, you made the announcement that we'll start Saturday service. Right. If you did not tell us that this is why we need to reach people that need right. to be reached. Right. You know, we will just do it and we'll be wondering what, what, what exactly are we right. gaining from this. So, I think it's really important. Okay. You know, and I don't think you're okay. selfish. Okay. Thank you. So, who else wants to go? <laughs> yes, sir. At the back. <clears throat> is it? Uh, I don't think it's uh, due to selfishness. You don't think it's due to selfishness? Yes. Why, it's, sir? It's actually a legitimate request. <laughs> um, it's a legitimate request. Yeah, because okay. the reward is uh, it's important that you know the reward that's associated with uh, the vision. Okay. Okay, sir. <clears throat> so, who else has not spoken? Okay. Let's, let's hear him. You have spoken that corner, so praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think for me, um, it's not selfishness because at the end point, you could see where Jesus was giving the rewards. I think um, for the fact that he could give up everything to follow Jesus, it was actually um, for that giving everything. It was not a selfishness for him. So Jesus actually promised something. He would give. He said, "If you give this, I would give." So he was looking at okay. This thing you have said, maybe he was thinking, when will he come? You know, for, so for me, I don't think it's selfishness because he actually gets. Okay, thank you. Okay, something radically different from thoughts that is different from what has been shared. Okay, let's hear you. Then we'll hear you. Then Pastor Richard, then we'll okay. proceed. Hallelujah. I, I don't think he was selfish. You know, um, you've taught us that anyone that gives to God you know, doesn't lose at the end of the day. And for Peter, I think he gave all. So <laughs> he was trying to remind God of who he is. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, do we have him there? We have Pastor Richard and now uh, we'll proceed from there. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think it's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. Yes, sir. Okay. 
that question that Peter asked um, was a clear expression that he did not actually have a vision of why he was making the sacrifice he was making. Okay. Jesus Christ um, told the young man to sell all he has and follow him, and he could not do that. He went away sad. And now here is Peter coming up to say, yeah, what are we going to gain? And he's been following Jesus. It means he's been following Jesus blindly. He didn't even know what he was what he, Why he was making the sacrifice. <laughs> well, you know, um, another way to look at it is this. If you are following Jesus because he loved Jesus, he didn't really care about reward. He just wanted to be with him and obey him. Then he was hearing Jesus saying, somebody else should follow, they will get reward. He said, ah, oh God, so there's reward. <laughs> so, so you can't say he was selfish. You can't say it's neither here nor there because he followed Jesus out of love, passion. You can't say he was selfish because he'd given up all anyway to follow Jesus. So he wasn't selfish. You, 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 can't, you can question if he was visionary. But again, it's just a part of his selflessness that he didn't ask for a reward up front. But since we are talking about reward now, we can as well explain to us that we have given up everything. What our reward would be? Okay, so Pastor Richard. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't think he was selfish. In fact, the question was a question of alignment to me. Alignment? Yes, a question okay. of alignment. The reason because of Jesus' response in the um, okay. following verses. First and foremost, Jesus told him about the fact that he talked about the renewal of the world and how they, as including Peter who asked the question, will sit upon the throne. Secondly, Jesus also told him that, was sort of affirming him that you that has left your brother because Peter had actually left his family right. to follow me, that he was going to get um, property and family in heaven. And lastly, because Jesus was also telling him that the people that seemed important, that's many who are greatest now, will become the least important, and the least important will become greatest. So, Peter, even if you feel like you're least important, don't worry, you'll be great. So, it was a question of alignment to me. Okay. Awesome. So, we see that um, Jesus answered the question, and we got the benefit of following Jesus. It's just like David. David showed up. There was a national crisis. A Goliath was tormenting Egypt, Israel. And David said, what will they give the person that killed? Do you think I'm not going to kill this guy for free? <laughs> is that selfishness or is that vision? Come on, is it selfishness or vision? It's vision. But it can't be selfish if it is not done with the right heart. But it is vision. Okay, question number seven. In the case of the young man and of the disciples, what was the cost of having vision? What was the cost of having vision? Akuna, yeah, tell us. What was the cost of having vision? <laughs> That's how it's flown out of your head. Okay. In the case of the young man and Peter and the disciples, what was the cost of having vision? 
maybe I should have doubled that up. What was the cost and what was the reward of having, so maybe you want to add reward there too. What was the cost and what was the reward of, of having vision? A God-inspired, oh, you want to answer? You have the mic already. Go ahead. Um, I think the cost of the vision was losing everything. We can't hear you. The cost for the vision was losing everything. Everything, losing everything. And for the reward all. was um, going to heaven and sitting in paradise, being in paradise. Right. The cost was losing everything. The reward, if you check what Jesus said, Jesus said you will get a hundred times more in this present world. So, and eternal life. So, Jesus is not saying, sacrifice for me there in the by and by. If that were all he said, that would have been more than enough. How many people agree with that? That would have been more than enough. If all Jesus said was, sacrifice for me, when you get to heaven, I'll say to you. That's fine. That's more than we can ever ask for. But Jesus did not say that. Jesus said, sacrifice for me. Here we have a hundredfold. And in heaven, you have much more. So that, that's just, what could be better? So when you're holding back from God, you're actually cheating yourself in this life and in the life to come. It's a no-brainer. Thank you. From this story, final question Explain the connection between vision and discipline. Again, I'm asking the same question in a different way. Who wants to help us? But you have to use this story. Explain the connection between vision and discipline. The other time we used Proverbs 29. But now we want to use this story. Explain the connection between vision and discipline. Who wants to go? Choir. All of my regular customers are not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And from this story, I believe when you're losing all, you are denying yourself of, of um, gratification. Just use the, the story. Use the story. Okay. Um, the rich man, yeah. I believe, um, if he had given all for Christ, he would have denied himself of um, instant gratification. He would have delayed gratification, which is okay. discipline. So, he would have been disciplined. He would have, have shown character and because he would have embraced a divine vision. Okay. So, now it's time to commit. And the question is, what vision of new possibilities has God put in your heart and mind? What vision of new possibilities has God put in your heart and mind? For some of you, God has said to you, we need to have God's favorite house in Ikoyi. Don't you think you will be the pastor? And you're like, ah, but God, I am, I am this, I'm that. For some of you, God has said, we need to have God's favorite house in Bagada. Don't you think you should relocate to Bagada and start the church? I'm like, oh, God, but, you know, I need to. 
what is that vision of new possibilities that God has put in your heart that the comfort of your current life or your aspirations is in direct variance? Write it down. If, if there is none, ask God to give you one. <laughs> Question number two. What are the immediate steps towards this vision? What are the, I'm not saying you should list all the steps because sometimes nobody has all the steps. But what are the immediate steps? Is the immediate steps to let your house fellowship leader know so that you can begin to pray together? Is the immediate step to be accountable to someone so that you can make sure that it happens? What's the immediate step? And finally, today we have heard the word. We have committed to acting on it. I'm not going to ask you to tell me what your, you know, these visions and immediate steps are. Just write it for your own benefit. But I'm going to ask you, how will you pass it on? What you've heard today, how will you pass it on? Who wants to tell us, how am I going to pass it on? Is, is Bisola here? Bisola Agbomo. I've not heard her voice today. Where is she? Bisola. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, answer this question for us. You've been a regular customer in all this series from day one. Um, I, would, um, I would broadcast. How? 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 On, on the BB and um, WhatsApp. You will? Yes. I, I will check. <laughs> okay. Um, should we do that? Who else wants to tell us? Okay. Um, I presently have um, a young man I've taken interest in. I'm going okay. to pump it into his brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll help him see it. Pump it into his brain. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. So we see two approaches there. One approach is to cast a net, to broadcast. Another approach is to throw a hook, you know. Um, Jesus says, I make you fishers of men. Fishermen, sometimes we use a net, sometimes we use a hook. You find one person and you hand over to our some. You find a group of people and you hand over to. Let's burn our hearts, let's burn our heads. And Ask God to give us a vision of divine possibilities. If, if you have one already, say to God, help me take hold of it and enlarge my vision. Enlarge it. Vision that will require faith in you. You may be here, you, you don't have a relationship with God. And you're saying, Pastor, how can I even get a vision from God when I don't have a relationship with God? You are talking about heaven. You are talking about eternity. I don't even know if I'm going to make heaven. How can I have a bank account in a country I cannot even visit? How can I have treasures in heaven when I'm not even bound to 
go to heaven. He said, Pastor, pray with me. Oh, I used to be bound to go to heaven, but I've backslid in. I've gone back to the world. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now and I'll pray with you. Quickly, over your head. But put up your hand, put up your hand well. Well, well, well. God bless you. Thy hand, put it up. And God will pray with you. We'll pray with you wherever you are seated. <sighs> Just of us, let's talk to God. Let's, let's talk to God. Help me to have vision so I'll be a, a woman, a man of character. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.